0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rebree's Discoveries podcast. Uh, I am recording from a new location today. Typically I record from my apartment, but today I am actually at my parents' home out in the suburbs um, because I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I have been really, really sick these last couple of days, so I decided to come out to uh, my parents' house where it's cozy and easy. I had to take a couple of days off work which is always a bit rough but um, it is what it is. Uh, so I'm slowly healing and actually my voice is a lot better than what it's been the last couple of days. But I wanted to record this podcast. It's a special one. Um, I'm talking about something that's a little bit more serious but I'm, I'm hopefully going to put um, that typical Reese Discovery's positive spin on it as best I can. Um, of course, you'll have your positive news story that is actually coming out of the United States, which is an interesting one. Um, and then your your health and wellness advice information uh, is something that's that's really cool. I wrote a blog about it for my work, uh, which I will link to in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, let's get into this third episode of the Riri's Discoveries podcast. Okay, so for the positive news story, like I said in the intro, it's actually coming out of the United States, which um, doesn't always have the most positive news coming from it, but I was reading an article the other day, and it talked about how uh, in the month of April, um, the production of sustainable energy was going to be greater than that of coal-sourced Energy. Um, which is really awesome because these things don't, this doesn't always happen. And in a country where, uh, they seem to value the coal mining industry and the coal and the energy that comes from that, um, it's, it's, I just really wanted to highlight the fact that although maybe it doesn't seem like the United States is making efforts to produce clean energy, um, they do have the infrastructure in place to produce quite a lot of uh, clean and, and sustainably sourced energy, so I just thought that that was that was a really interesting thing, especially going back to last week 's episode where I talked about um, Greta Thunberg from Sweden and her running her climate um, her climate strike uh, you know it 's just nice to hear that. Although we are certainly in a climate crisis, um, the infrastructure is there. Now, are we are we using the infrastructure to its best ability? Is the technology out there to store all of that energy so that we can really just like fully switch over? Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see that, especially because they're predicting that, you know, it's at like 2030. Um, so in the next 10, 11 years, Will kind of be in an irreversible place um, it'd be really nice if people could see that we are able to produce more energy and we don't need to rely so much on coal uh, and we can really we can really start making that transition into a more sustainable energy future and hopefully hopefully not, not put ourselves in, in such a a dire and dangerous place that they are kind of predicting at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's just, you know, quick little, quick little positive news story of a place that isn't always producing the most positive news. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet because my, my throat and my my lungs are still quite sore from being sick and i have a feeling by the end of this episode uh my my voice will be in a in a rough spot but <laughs> we'll we'll see how it goes so anyways yeah just you know as i as i like to encourage look for the positive news um and then take that positive news and share it with your friends so that more people are talking about um, the good things are going that are going on, so that people know that yes, we are certainly in a climate crisis, but we also have built the infrastructure so that we can produce really clean energy and and then maybe that discussion will spark another discussion that says okay well then why aren't more people starting companies and creating jobs and really contributing in a positive way to not only the environment but also the economy there's a lot of these like ripple effects that can come from this but okay so um the episode for today is is kind of a serious topic uh and it's about therapy and speaking with a professional to help you deal with, um, some of the tougher parts of life. Uh, and, and yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to share my experience and then also some experiences that I, that I have heard about from other people as well, people who are close to me. Um, and I hope that maybe you can see, uh, and, and discover for yourself that speaking to a psychologist is not admitting mental weakness. Uh, I think it's the strongest and most courageous thing that you can do for yourself to admit that you can't do it by yourself. Um, So yeah, without, uh, again, without further ado, let's, let's get into the, let's get into this episode about therapy. Okay, so... Therapy is is it's weird because it's one of those things where there's kind of this stigma around going to therapy that you're like really messed up or you go to therapy for, you know, marital issues or things like that or you go when it's absolutely necessary because you're grieving a loss or something. But um, you know, I I went to therapy in in two different ways, sort of. Um, I I went and I saw a um, a social worker back in the fall. Um, there had been a major change and uh, emotional trauma, I guess you could say, is what is what I'll call it, um, because it did greatly affect my mood in ways that I didn't always notice until it basically got too bad, but in the fall I was speaking with a social worker and although she was a lovely woman, um, I always felt like I came to those sessions and being someone who self reflects and does all those things, I would come into the session and, and say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with today. Uh, I'm pretty sure I feel like this because of this. I want to try and act on it this way. Okay. And, um, um, And the woman would just kind of say like, yeah, yeah, what you're what you said that you're feeling is exactly it. Uh, That's right. Um, And yeah, what what you're planning on doing sounds like a good idea. Now, she did highlight a few things. Um, She told me that I am someone who, who likes to be a fixer. Which is something that I sort of knew, um, but for her to highlight in this instance it 's actually very it could have been very uh, emotionally damaging if I tried to fix the current situation, so that was you know that was helpful, but over three or four sessions, and um, you know they 're not cheap uh, it 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 didn 't really feel all that worth it, so I became somewhat skeptical of. Of going to see a therapist, because I just didn 't feel like i I gained any kind of like emotional uh, strength or 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 a firmer ground to stand on uh, uh, to go forward with in in the situation that I was going through and I apologize for being vague, but it is one of those things where although I you know in that first episode, I was quite happy to share some very embarrassing stories um this particular issue is one that is, um, that is very private and, uh, involves more than just myself. And so in an effort to protect the privacy of, of those involved, um, I don't, I don't want to share specific details, but just know that it was significant enough that, uh, after the, after speaking with a social worker, I... I thought I could handle it on my own. I basically carried on with life. Um, I had a few days at work where it affected me so bad that, you know, my manager simply asking me, how are you doing today? How are things going? Um, that I couldn't answer. And, you know, I basically ended up crying and she had to send me home. And so it it wasn't easy. Uh, but I I thought that, I could deal with it, but as the months wore on, and we got to holidays and and more uh, and and the situation progressed, I found myself in the new year so angry um, and so cynical of everything and questioning myself and being, you know, emotionally abusive to myself. I was trying to find other avenues to fill, to make me feel better. I was, I was spending way too much money, way more than I had available to me. Um, I was buying food. I was buying stuff for my room. Um, I was, uh, emotionally eating, um, and kind of isolating myself from friends. But then when I'd go out, I'd, you know, I'd indulge too much and it would, it just, it was never really a good time. Um, and so finally I have, I have a very close friend who I, I love dearly. Um, and her family has been seeing therapists for a long time. Um, you know, her family has wrestled with uh, all kinds of mental health issues and they've been wonderful, to be an example and show me that speaking with a professional and really working on yourself emotionally can make a huge difference. So I asked for a recommendation for, um, a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, uh, from them. And they gave me their psychologist and, um, and I have to be honest, making that phone call to make the first appointment is probably one of the most nerve wracking things, because I'd been living in this state of anger and sadness and hurt and self pity. And, and it was a great way to get out of bad behavior. And, um, and so making that call was me saying, okay, enough is enough. I can't continue to live in this uh, state of self pity and, and hurt and, and all of the other emotions that I was feeling, especially anger, which was a really tough one for me to, to, deal with on a daily basis to see how angry and, and, and almost physically aggressive I was becoming. So I make a phone call. Um, I schedule my first appointment. Uh, I go there and, um, and it was great. You know, my first session was basically, you know, she asked, so what's going on? And she's this a sweet English accent and she's honestly just such a sweet woman. And, uh, And I just, I just started bawling. (laughs) I could hardly get a word out before. It was just like, oh, like a waterfall, you know, open the floodgates, full-blown sobbing that like thing that people do and trying to speak between that and using my sleeve, even though I've got a Kleenex box right beside me. It was just, it was a mess. So that first session was really just unloading sharing absolutely everything, um, the current state of emotional distress and confusion that I was in, and uh, and her just being so patient. You know, there, there was a few times where it was like, okay, and, you know, how does that make you feel? That classic psychologist question that you always hear about. But it's actually... In the moment, it is so helpful (laughs) because it's like, okay, here's me unloading something and unpacking something in my mind, just letting it like flow out. And then it's like, okay, but how does that actually make you feel? And I told myself that I wanted to be, I needed to be honest with this woman because if I wasn't honest, even if the feelings that I was feeling are what I assume are not acceptable... I still needed to share them because if I was feeling something that was potentially unacceptable, I wanted to understand why. So uh, yeah, so I I left that first session Uh, I brought sunglasses to a cloudy day appointment Um, and I left that first session. It was like, thank God I did that because one, she validated that what I was feeling was actually, it was okay and it was very true to who I am and my morals, um, and my values and, and that I was okay. And so I continued to see this woman basically from January through April, um, every two to three weeks and, and, you know, slowly but surely it was like, I started to like uncover myself from layers of, uh, expectation, um, layers of, you know, projected ideas that people had put on me and that I just accepted because I felt like I had to in the moment. Um, and it was, it's, it's such a good experience. And it was, you know, in my last session, I went in there and I, it was like, I had all of this good news for her. And there was still a few things that made me emotional, but it was kind of like, you know, she asked if I had seen, uh, my friend's mother who had recommended her to me, the, the therapist to me. And, and th- th- that made me emotional because it was like, no, I haven't seen her. And, and I really feel like I need to, it makes me sad that I haven't seen her. So that's where the emotion is coming from. It's no longer coming from, uh, frustration or confusion or, or, um, you know just feeling really run down um it's now coming from places of you know it makes me emotional to think that i haven't seen somebody who has introduced me to somebody who has basically taken me from this deep dark state into a state where um i feel really good and i feel really focused and um this this issue that's going on in my life the the trauma i guess is still going on. I'm still facing that on a regular basis, but now I know where I'm coming from. My position in the in the issue is is much more clear and I can stand on solid ground, which is kind of what I was hoping for from that first social worker experience, but didn't end up gaining. So now it's like, you know, My position may not be the one that society says it should be or that my sisters are experiencing or that other people involved are experiencing, but it's the one that is authentic to me and that is the most important thing to me. Being authentic and being honest is critical for me to feel like I'm going through life the way I should the way that I want to, I, I I value authenticity. So that's really important. And I actually feel like I'm doing that now and doing it without questioning it. Um, I was trying to act authentically, but then wrestling with, like I said, those projections and those expectations. and um, and And I just felt like my authentic self wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but being authentic is what you should always be doing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really, um, opening experience. I have another, I have one more session with her, uh, before the summer starts just to make sure that, uh, that nothing's changed, that I wasn't just like in a, in, uh, riding a high or whatever. So I'm excited to see her again. Um, and I will likely go to therapy intermittently for the rest of my life. Um, because I realized that all of the talking that I did with friends and family to try and work through my feelings didn't get me to the place that I'm at now. Unfortunately, friends and family don't have the professional training to see someone objectively and ask the right questions and say the right things because everybody if they are slightly involved, um, even if it's just the connection to me personally, are gonna bring a bias to it. Whereas a, a therapist does not bring bias, they only bring professional opinion and um and they say the right things and it it's just I it's something that I absolutely value and I and I really want people to realize that this discovery that therapy is vital to human mental health, um, is not something that we should save for traumatic experiences or experiences of grief or, or marriage counseling or that kind of, that kind of thing is that I think that going in for like a mental checkup the same way that we give our bodies a physical checkup is something that we should all be doing. Um, You know, there's lots of studies coming out about the state of society's mental health right now and whether that's being affected by social media and um, all of these influences, basically the globalization of influence. um, And people aren't seeking out the mental health help. So many people are claiming mental health problems. You know, there's all of these children who are, who are suicidal which is horrible but we're not taking them to see the person who can fix it the way that the doctor fixes a broken bone you know so i just like i think that people need to be you need to give therapy a chance um it is expensive but it's an investment in your mental health that will save you money in the future. If I had seen a therapist, a proper good therapist sooner, I would not have spent all that money on food and random things. And, um, man, I would have just, you know, felt better faster, which would have been nice, but, um, all these things happen when they are supposed to happen. So, so yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think about when my mom lost her dad. I was only three or something, but my mom talks about how she was trying to raise four daughters, um, essentially on her own because my dad traveled a lot for work, and my youngest sister was troublesome. Um, I talked about that in the last episode. But um, apparently there is this there is this classic moment where... My sister, my youngest sister is having a full-blown temper tantrum and my mom just picks her up and asks, you know, what do you want? And my my sister just says, I want you, mommy. And it was in that moment that my mom realized that she had she had lost herself and her grief uh, because she really wasn't addressing it. So she went and she saw a therapist and that changed her and that allowed her to be a mother who could be there 100% for her children as well as be there 100% for herself. So it's just, I just wish that more people would, would give therapy a chance um, and see it as something that, that is critical to long-term mental health. Um, and it's, it's great to know who you are to be truly self-aware and under, to understand that you can go into every situation and kind of know how you're going to react to it and how uh, it could affect you in the short term and in the long term. You know, what kinds of people do you need to surround yourself with and um, and what areas of your life could you potentially be vulnerable to showing some of the, the not-so-nice sides of your personality, which everybody has them. We've all got flaws we've all got little things that we do that can be slightly annoying to those around us and if you know yourself and you know what kinds of situations will put you in that in that state then you can be better equipped to maybe shut it down a little bit earlier protect relationships you know so again my my i can feel my si- my sickness is just trying to remind me that i'm not fully healed yet but um so I'll I'll end it there, but I I really hope that I've gotten the point across that therapy is important. Your mental health is probably more important than your physical health. So take good care of it and it's not just about you know going to the spa and meditating and doing all of those like classic self-care things. Speak with the doctors who can who can see your mental health for what it is and can help you through your weaker moments, but can also support your strong moments. I would love to see a therapist when I'm absolutely thriving and just say, okay, how can I protect my mental health? How can I be sure that I don't let, you know, my ego get too big or, um, Or what kinds of strategies can I use so that um, as life gets big and exciting and busy that I don't lose sight of who I am and what's important to me. So again, I just, I really hope that I've gotten the point across that seeing a therapist is not a bad thing. You are not admitting mental weakness and therefore are weak. You are admitting that you can't do it all by yourself and that asking for help is the best thing that you can do all right so i've just had a nice little coughing sniffing fit uh off off air off the mic uh spare you from that but um to finish off the episode, of course, I've got just a little wellness, something that you can look up for yourself and, and see if it's something that you need or, or could implement into your life, uh, to further improve your current state of health. And that is this idea of seed cycling. So seed cycling is something that I, discovered while listening to the healthy hormones for women podcast by Samit the Goddish, um, who's actually a Canadian naturopathic nutrition or holistic nutritionist. Um, she's based out of Toronto and I, I think that she's great. Um, but essentially seed cycling is something that you can do to help support, um, the natural production of hormones throughout a woman's cycle. Now I have seen some images that say that men can do it as well, but they just do the opposite. I'm not sure if this is fair, like well supported, but then again, this is all kind of more, uh, it is more naturopathic medicine. So of course there's going to be less research on it and less, uh, you know, air quotes proof, Um, as to whether or not this works or can be beneficial. But for women, it's definitely something that in practice, holistic nutritionists and naturopaths have seen improvements in uh, women's overall health as it relates to their hormones. So the way that seed cycling works is um, as you go through the different phases of a woman's hormonal cycle. So your first half is the follicular side and then the second half is the luteal. So days 1 through 14 if you've got a standard 28-day, whatever yours is, the first half, uh the follicular, you're do you are you are doing a tablespoon of ground flaxseed and a tablespoon of ground pumpkin seed. Now it's theorized that by including these on these days uh, every day, can help promote the healthy production of estrogen Uh, because those first the first half of your cycle is when estrogen is increasing and going up to its highest. So you basically wanna help support the healthy production of estrogen at this time. And then for the second half, you wanna do a tablespoon of ground sesame and a tablespoon of ground sunflower seeds because these actually block the overproduction of estrogen as you're trying to promote uh, progesterone and progesterone is the hormone that is, uh, in abundance in the second half of a woman's cycle and is actually supposed to have, uh, relaxing effects. Um, which I found really funny when I was reading about it because I was like, I'm pretty sure most women do not feel relaxed in their, in the second half of their cycle as they kind of lead up to the, to their actual period. Um, but this is be this is great as well for people who struggle with estrogen dominance because in that second half of your cycle, you actually want to have a a high um progesterone to estrogen ratio, meaning that there's a lot of progesterone and less estrogen in the body so that you're not getting those fighting it those kind of um a, a, a too high uh, a low ratio is actually what leads to a lot of the p m s symptoms so and can kind of throw everything off so um so by including these seeds in your cycle essentially you're balancing uh the you're balancing the hormones out so that you can have a more natural and and better supported cycle which Uh, I don't think women realize, but if your cycle runs normally, you shouldn't feel as crazy as some of us do. Uh, You shouldn't experience the, the kind of cramping and the, um, and the flow that some of us do. This is greatly oversimplifying it, but it is just something that you can do to help support your hormones. So if you are one of those women who struggles with, um, irregular periods or just on just kind of a shitty, uncomfortable periods, then this is something that you can consider. So that's A tablespoon of flax and pumpkin seed ground the first half, and then sesame and sunflower um, the second half. So that pretty much wraps it up for episode three of the re reese Discoveries podcast. Um, I hope that this has been one that has been informative for you. uh, A little less goofy than the last two, but certainly... um, very important for me to share. Uh, I think, uh, and also as always, you can connect with me in a number of different ways. So I am on Instagram at Riri's Discoveries, R-I-R-I-S-D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R. Ies, pretty sure I spelled that right. Uh, it's the same on Facebook. Twitter is just Rye Rye Discovery. So forget the S after Riri. And I am on Patreon as well. So if you like the podcast and you want to support the the podcast and you want to get additional content, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Riri's Discoveries. Of course, I also have a website where I post blogs. You can see all of my various uh, business collaborations. You can find podcasts breakdowns. And I will eventually be opening up a store as well to offer you additional content, including, uh, programs. So I will be offering workout programs for you there. Uh, and that's just rewisdiscoveries.ca. Um, and of course, last but not least, one of the the easiest, uh, ways to support me is, is by checking out fam spots, f- Oh my goodness. Fam sportswear.com. Um, and using the code Riri's discoveries dash 10 at checkout for a discount on your purchase of really great. Um, I'm pretty sure it's sourced from Portugal, you know, squat proof workout gear. Um, They've got all kinds of good colors. They ship within two days. It's basically the only workout gear that I wear because it just, it feels like butter on the skin. Um, and it's it's very form fitting. It's it's true to size as well. Um, just really great sportswear. And of course, if you use that discount code, rereachediscoverys-10, I will receive a small commission from them. Um, but as always, Any money that I make from the website, from the podcast, any of those things um, will first and foremost be put towards uh, some of my larger goals for Riri's Discoveries um, and my, my personal business. So I thank you for that. I thank you for listening. And of course, don't forget to do something good for your body today. Party. Trying my bus to meet somebody But everybody around me's falling in love To our song awesome. I, I, oh I, yeah Hate it, taking the shot cause I can't take it But I don't think that they make anything that strong So I hold on I, I, oh I Start a love song. Start a love song. Just wanna go.